Hello, welcome to the Unusually Useful Podcast. My name is Glenn Iverson, and I am your host. Today I'm talking to my friend Noah Gwen. Um, he is a fellow Sprobro in life, uh, and we talk about our addictions of coffee, we talk about self-awareness, and we talk about um, our growth in, in careers and how it's changed over time. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> so Noah, welcome to the podcast. It's super fun to have you here. I'm excited to have the Spro Bro himself uh, wow. on the pod. Uh, that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, just before this, I made an AeroPress coffee with yes. Little Amps beans, and I used a hand grinder because my mom was on the phone. So I nice. felt really, really pretentious making it. <laughs> while trying to be quiet because I have an electric <laughs> grinder on my um, on my counter so I'm like what like one this is a little inefficient but two I just like felt like you know super super into myself and into this coffee uh, habit and interest that I have um, but I guess you know what like what's what's <laughs> what's your experience with like how have you been battling your uh, pretentious aspects of coffee drinking and coffee world? <laughs> so it's funny that you asked me today. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you, the Spro Bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny that you would ask that today because literally, I don't know about you, but like this whole quarantine thing for me has been like a really negative thing in terms of like my own desire to like purchase things and so like most of the time it's like me looking at books or something and then like me being like oh no I'm not gonna buy that right now um but today I literally was on Amazon and I legitimately did need something and then I saw um like this AeroPress kit that I didn't have and <laughs> I decided <laughs> that I wanted it perfect and so I I bought it and I bought um, a new kettle and um, a new hand grinder. And so I can now join you in the art of making quiet coffee while, <laughs> while your mom is on the phone. So, <laughs> so to this point, my experience with, <laughs> with uh, battling, what do you say, battling... I feel like, so I feel like uh, the people who are really into the whole coffee experience, especially the pour over... Uh, oh, category yeah. uh, tend to be maybe a little snobby about it. Uh, how has sure. your experience of like participation in that been? Like, are you openly and willing to accept it and just own it, or like, are you aware that like other people may be judging you for the fact that your kettle has a gooseneck? <laughs> well, now it does. Um, so, in terms of battling pretentiousness, I think I'm like somewhere in the middle because like I recognize that. It's, it is kind of a weird thing that, like, you can be so particular about, you know, the coffee that you drink. Um, but I also haven't had a whole lot of, of experience making it. I've been more on the side of, like, tasting what my friends have made. And so I'm, I'm a big proponent of, like, local coffee. One, I think it's better. And two, I like supporting the local business. Um, and so, like, with that... I'm a, I'm a pour over guy. I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, I think for me, it's just honestly been a way to discover a new art form and um, honestly, like, build community over a good cup of coffee. And, you know, like, I think there is a time for a couple, a cup of, like, diner coffee. I think that's fantastic. You and I have both shared some diner coffee together. Dude, yes. I, I, um, I am deaf. So as much as I have grown in the art of being snobby in particular about it, I definitely have a good appreciation of like a cup of dirt in certain situations. Absolutely. Like, I think if you're like camping or like if you've had a rough morning, like (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing wrong with just like dirt in your mug, you know? Yeah. Um, But for me, and I know this is kind of weird too, because like a lot of people don't do this, but I'm way more of a evening coffee drinker. Dude, um, I'm than a morning coffee drinker because um, so it's weird like in the morning sometimes it can make me a little jittery and stuff it doesn't stop me from having it in the morning but for me I think I'm more of a, an evening you know slowing down because it doesn't really affect me very much if I have some food in my stomach so yeah yeah oh totally yeah I love I love the whole I my favorite coffee shops are the ones that are open till like nine or ten at night. That being said, I really like. I'm fully aware of the quality that like Little Lamps has and how oh yeah vastly superior it puts it ahead of itself of other coffee shops, even with the yeah. lack of hours. Because every time I go, I'm like, oh, I have to leave at like four, and I just want to <laughs> hang here for another five hours when it's dark. I know, and I love that whole vibe, but. You know, speaking of situations where dirt coffee is appropriate, what in your mind are those situations? Like if you had to give me a list, like what are the perfect scenarios where like you're like "Mm, gas station coffee or diner coffee or whatever? Yeah. Okay. And don't don't be afraid to hold back on detail, too. Dude. Okay. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking, because there are very specific situations in which it's okay. One, if you're camping, but you have to be camping with the boys, you can't. If there's, like, women involved, you have to have good coffee. Okay. But if you're with the boys, bad coffee is all right. Um, and then I think, like I said, if you've had just, like, a terrible morning and you just need a quick cup of coffee with some eggs, you know, like, doesn't really matter. Um, but on the other hand, I think if you've had, like, a really, really, like, quality morning and you want to get a good early start, I think a good cup of coffee is good there. And then, like, I, I don't know. I think there are just random times that maybe you don't have this, but for me, sometimes I crave things that I know are just awful. And so, like, <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, you know what? It might be better to have some dirt. Throw some Folgers in there and call it a day. My, so my, I guess some situations where it's totally appropriate for me and my life is like the two biggest ones are when you're um like waking up really really early in the morning for like so sometimes i have video shoots that are like in philadelphia philadelphia and they'll be like two hours away and the call time will be like eight in the morning so you're like frick i gotta wake (laughs) i gotta leave at like 5 30 so like i always appreciate a good bad cup of coffee on those mornings because yeah. I'm just like oh this tastes just how I feel 
Um, <laughs> Dude, that's true. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's like if it matches the way you feel. Okay. That makes sense. Because the one that I forgot to say that I want to say is like on a road trip. Like not a road trip where you're going somewhere like cool either. Like for me, it was when I was like driving the four and a half or five hours back to college. And like it doesn't really matter to me if I have a good cup of coffee for that. Because like I just want something to keep me company in the car. Yeah. And sometimes that's just a hot cup of joe. <laughs> Dude, that's perfect, man. I love it. Um, yeah, the other situation for me, I think, is what, like, you said before, like, diners. Like, there's, I don't know, there's something about how bad diner coffee is that just puts it above even some of the better <laughs> coffee shops. Yeah, I mean, it fits the vibe. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, so I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, like, if you're at a diner and the person that's serving you, like, isn't smoking, like, three packs a day, like, is oh she really, gosh. like, a diner waitress? Yes, yes. If she's not, like, you know, late 40s, mid 50s, and w- if I feel like the smoking waitresses are always blonde and, like, in their 50s. Is that, has oh, that been your yeah, experience? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, like caked on mascara but mm-hmm. i mean that's it's not every time and i'm not stereotyping i'm just saying mm. it seems to be a trend yes no I, I i've definitely experienced that kind of that kind of lady uh in my life as a, <laughs> as, a as a diner waitress <laughs> and honestly those are probably my favorite ones too like they got the like the smoker voice from like just years yeah. of just like you know puffing on those cigarettes <laughs> But I feel like it just makes it, it definitely makes the coffee and eggs better. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I I know what you mean, though, about, like, wanting coffee late. So when I was in school, there was this coffee shop downtown, um, and they would stay open until, like, 10 or 11. And it was good coffee, too. And so, and my roommate worked there, and so often we would just, like, go and stay the whole time and study and stuff. And then we'd get back late and it was like ideal. And so I think like, honestly, the Harrisburg area could use a coffee shop like that. That's open late and has good coffee. Mm. Yeah. Cause the only one around here that's open up super late is cracked pot, but that's only two days a week, but they're open until 10, which is pretty dope. That is nice. Yeah. And then capital Joe, in Mechanicsburg is consistently open till 9 p.m., which is uh, other than Sundays, which is really cool. Mm. Um, and like their store in Mechanicsburg is just like dark and has like those like really old yes. like uh, light bulbs that just like aren't really efficient, but <laughs> like definitely create a mood. And like you walk in, and you're like, this is a good space for like yeah. evening coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. And like their coffee is just hit or miss enough that you don't know if you're going to get like the best cup of coffee you've had or just like not. Yeah, that I feel I feel like that's been my experience there. Like on some of on some of the recipes, you're like, wow. And then on some of the other ones, you're like, <laughs> no, I'm never going to order that again. <laughs> what do you think is the best coffee shop that you've ever been to? Uh, probably little amps. Like I've been, I've been trying, so I've been trying to find other ones where I'm like, man, like, uh, I love having recommendations for places, especially when people go, 
Mm. Um, especially when it comes to like food and 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 beverages. Mm-hmm. And coffee shops are one of those things that both Katie and I um, have been trying to build up our repertoire of experiencing. So like when we go to like, you know, uh, other cities and stuff, coffee shops and ba- we're like, we hit like six coffee shops and like four bakeries in a day. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's weird. Cause like by the end of the day, we're like high on caffeine and twitching <laughs> and like full of bread. And so just like, bloated and like oh, <laughs> twitching. Oh, the yes. time. It's ridiculous. It's like how many like sourdough loaves can you buy? Plus like how, like, hyped up on caffeine can you get because <laughs> like we both we like uh both of our favorite drinks is the dirty chai yeah and so that's like my go-to test especially when i've been to other shops um now maybe not as a whole but definitely in terms of like the dirty chai experience little i'm so far has won my heart and has yeah. not and has i has not been won over by any other yet um, cause I'm, they just like, they just have the right amount of like pretentiousness in their employees that like, <laughs> like when you order something from them, you're like, I'm definitely below you, <laughs> but like just enough to where you're like, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable, but this is going to be really good. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. They're just, like, friendly enough that it's, like, a pleasant experience, but they're also just, like, I don't know, you definitely feel like you're not in the in crowd at all. Like, I've never felt more out of place, but at home. Oh, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, 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 absolutely. My, so let me walk you through my first experience with, like, with Little Lamps. So I was just, it was, this is post, I, I didn't have, I never drank coffee in high school, and I started drinking it freshman year. And my, my buddy Andrew was, he's like, cause he just noticed like I was starting to get into coffee. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't even drink like diner cup coffee. Like I didn't even like regular pot of coffee. Yeah. And so, and I would like make fun of Starbucks all the time. And, and while it does serve its purpose, um, I started getting like some of those like sugary lattes or whatever. Mm. So I went there and then my, my, my friend Andrew was like, you got to check out this one place. And so I went there and I, and I looked at them and I was like, can I have a latte? What kind of flavors do you have? And the guy, and this was like <laughs> five years ago or whatever, but the guy literally looked at me and like his face, like melted into like some sort of disappointment, anger. <laughs> and he, he looked at me dead in the eyes and said, our coffee's good enough without it. We don't have any flavors. And I have never felt more, stupid in my entire life (laughs) than when I was at that experience. But there was something so cementing about it that made me enjoy it at the same time. So I totally know your experience of like, I'm removed from this crowd, but I also feel at home in this place. Yeah. And, but that, and then eventually I got into like uh, chais and then eventually the dirty chai became my drink because little lamps won me over. Yeah, I've not had a better dirty chai. Yeah, I've, I've, okay, so I've, I've gone to other places that have gotten close, which are really, really cool. There's this one place, um, Katie and I were just in Baltimore, and Mm. hold on, let me, let me, let me do some Googling real quick. Coffee shops in Baltimore, because I don't remember the name of it. 
Uh, oh, it's I think it's called Ceremony. All right. Yeah, Ceremony Coffee in um in uh yeah in Bal yeah it's Ceremony Coffee Roasters in Baltimore. Um, but they had like a really similar vibe where it's like white nat like natural wood. Mm. It's like that white, brown, and gray. Like those are the only colors that you see in the in the <laughs> restaurant. Just like how Little Lamps is, like exposed yeah. brick. That whole that whole hipster vibe. The whole look. With, oh yeah, and like you know, I've I'm pulled in, and and I can't get away from that. I can't get away from the vibe of of, you know, just that really really, starting to become basic look now, and I'm fully comfortable <laughs> with it. Yep. Yep, and if the barista doesn't have like cropped jeans and like a weird, like tattoo of like an alien on their arm, like <laughs> or a beanie that maybe rolled too many times, yes, yeah, no, I, I'm totally down. I'm I I I'm, I'm all for it. Like as much as I make fun of it, I I totally want to be in that experience as well, and I want to be those people. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to be those people, but I definitely want to be friends with those people. Well, I and, definitely like, I definitely want to at least look like those people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I feel like I attempt, and then, like, I just, like, I'd get dressed like that, you know? I put on my beanie, I cuff my jeans, like, ten times, and I walk out the door, and I'm like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not comfortable with myself. And then I'll, like, walk back in. I'm lying. Yeah, to <laughs> exactly. Be like, this is what I want to look like, but I can't pull it off. And then I'll, like, <laughs> I'll go back and just put on my black jeans and, like, gray shirt. Yeah. Um, But, yes. Yeah, so... I know that you have a bunch of good coffee shops, like you said, at school. But speaking of school, what what did you go to What did you go to school for, Noah? Because I know that um, you have a pretty cool experience with like what you were able to do and like kind of how that got you into the whole music side of your life. Yeah. So I initially went to school for physical therapy for a year, um, which. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that part. Are you serious? No, I didn't know that <laughs> part at all. Yeah, so it literally just thought I said, hey, Siri. Dude, That's no amazing. worries. Um, yeah, so I went to school for a year for physical therapy, and that was not at all right for me. And so um, I felt a call on my life to go into ministry, um, to local church ministry. And so I started pursuing a path towards that, and a lot of what that looked like for me was um, getting involved with music. And so while I was in school, I was able to join different music groups and spent about a year and a half or two years on a traveling music team um, going around the United States. And that was an incredible experience. We got to um, play quite a bit. And the best part was I was playing with people that were a million times better than me. So it was like a really humbling experience, um, but it also made me better, I hope. And so, yeah, it's just really helped my passion for music grow a lot and um, kind of changed my perspective on a lot of like traveling and recording and all the behind the scenes things that probably seem glamorous. And I know if you have a lot of film people watching, they know that behind the scenes is not actually glamorous. But for uh, those people that are listening or watching or whatever that aren't involved in the creatives, the creative sphere, um, it's just weird and different and you feel out of place a lot. And so I know for me, it made me feel out of place a lot, even emotionally. And so 
you really have to grow in your confidence as an artist and just in your craft and just realize that like you're always growing you're never going to be where you want to be but um just keep putting one foot in front of the other yeah what was what was a moment where you kind of like experienced that because from what it sounds like is is the this whole like traveling aspect to uh your your major and or at least in your pursuit um of music and kind of like the cat that section of the industry that you're in um how did uh what was that moment like from you being like i guess more insecure to like knowing that you needed to like step up mm-hmm. and either push yourself or like did that you know did that come out through performing or was it interacting with everybody or was it because like maybe you couldn't hit certain notes or sing songs right or like was it skill mm. or performing or was it like the interaction with people a mix of both or what yeah honestly like i'd say it's still a process like it's still something i'm working through um but the moment that i probably started thinking about it most i i, mean, I can't even know i don't even know if i can pin it down to a certain moment but uh the team was big enough that it it acted a lot like an athletic team um so you have people that are going to get more playing time or whatever than others simply based on whether they were like just like somebody that is really good in front of people or a really good artist, really good musician, good performer. Um, those people are going to get more stage time. And so for me, I didn't necessarily fit into that category. Shocker. Uh, but it was a really interesting gro- growth process of realizing that like I can take this time to learn and grow and I don't have to you know be petty about it or anything like that and um, so for me it was this process of like always trying to be better and not letting myself get bitter about anything um, yeah it but it, it was hard like it's always hard when you you know stake your life on something and then you don't get the results that you expect or want or whatever because um, it's always easy you know to create a picture in your mind of what you want to happen and everything but i don't know have you have you had to explore that at all yeah dude absolutely um on on the last podcast i was on with uh with my buddy christian we were talking about like unhealthy competition and like Mm -hmm. i guess where my experience from that comes from was uh, in film classes in school, we would have critiques where we would like finish a project and then all of the class would show all of their projects in front of everybody and the professor. Mm. And so I would have this like r- really weird, uh, nasty, I guess, internal experience of saying that like I was better than other people or like if I worked with other people, then my project would have been better or like I want to beat all of you and like have everybody know that I'm the best you know, filmmaker in the class. And, like, looking back on some of those projects now, I'm like, good God, I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, actually, I was just a, a bucket of trash. <laughs> like, in terms of skill, like, even just, like, three years ago, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I had this overconfidence and definitely no skill to back it up. Like, looking yeah. at it looking at it back then um, or looking at it now. And uh, so I guess that's kind of, like, where I would say my experience in that comes from of like either trying to be like hum not be I be more humble in in the mm-hmm. learning aspect of it 
Um, did you ever like have a negative experience or consequence with like a moment where you weren't able to handle that or have the positive pers- <laughs> perspective? Cause yeah, like I, I mean, yeah, I've had moments dude where like I not necessarily burned friendships, but like chose to mm-hmm. not build relationships with people because they weren't good enough or I was too, you know, egotistical or cocky about my own skills and not theirs or whatever. Yeah. So the answer is yes, but it probably looks different than yours. Um, so I'm very much an internal processor and oh, I just think, yeah, through. wait, 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 real quick. What, yeah. um, what was the school that you went to and what's this thing that you're talking about? Because we both, this is something that I'm still not good at, but like setting up for people who have no idea who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Liberty university and okay. The thing is the Liberty Worship Collective, um, which is essentially just a group of 50 or 60 worship leaders who are on rotation um, at the school. And we play for, they have convocation services on Wednesday and Friday. And then also they call it Campus Community, which is like a weekly Bible study on Wednesday nights. So they usually run between, um, like, Campus Community will often be like 7,000 people and then convocation will often be around 12 or 13,000 people. Okay. And but then, then when you have we the play, aspect traveling of it yeah, as well. Yeah. And then when we're traveling on the road, I mean, we play all kinds of small venues and big venues, but that's what I did while I was in school. Um, so yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, I'm very much an internal processor. And so I think through so many things in my mind and create scenarios and like never talk about them. And like, that can be okay because then, you know, I'm not like, getting angry in front of people but it's also really negative because i create all these false like dialogues and all kinds of crazy things that never actually happen in my own head and so like i never burned any friendships with people but like in my mind there were like all these disagreements with people and like i think it was just a lot of like tension that was unnecessary that didn't actually exist so Um, It was a lot of, like you said, unhealthy competition and looking at people. And after each time that we'd play on campus, um, we'd get together as a team and watch the film and talk about what we could do better and all that stuff. And so, like, on a weekly basis, I was watching all these people that are super talented, you know, go up there and nail it. And you're always your worst critic. So whenever I'd watch myself, I'd just be like, oh, I could do this better. I could do that better, whatever. And not realize that, like, okay, but, like, you know, progress has been made, like I'm being used in big ways, um, to help lots of people. So I think it's just a perspective shift that I needed to have, but I definitely had a lot of like internal moments that were like pretty destructive on like my own emotional health. Yeah. I totally agree with that on the whole aspect of like, you're your own worst critic. Like, you know, it's people, people getting like really deep in on themselves. I'm like, Oh, I'm bad in this and I can get better or I can't get better. Or I'm always going to be at this skill level or, or whatever. Is there any like specific strategy that you have for yourself to pull you out of those moments in life where you're either maybe you're not interacting right mm-hmm. in a certain scenario and you want to get better or you're, um, or you are, uh, not, or like at work, you're maybe not good enough at one thing or mm-hmm. even in like your music career, with, with this thing at school and, you know, now you performing like, um, at a church in Harrisburg, uh, on the, on their worship team, uh, like, has there any, in terms of like wanting to grow and be better, has there been anything specific that's helped you? Whether mm. that's like, 
people that you put in your life to do it or maybe something that you say to yourself or remind yourself of or what what does that look like uh for like you helping yourself kind of get out of that like um self the the negative side of like self-awareness yeah i mean i think if if you'd have asked me that question probably two or three months ago i would have been like you know just use it as a tool to get better which like i still believe in but recently i was reading a book um and i can't remember which one it was in but uh the author was really harping on this idea of embracing your limitations and there are a lot of people myself included and i think it's a natural response to like when you look at something that you're not good enough at or you know you're really struggling in something it's really easy to get down on yourself and just like think about that as a negative thing um but if you can actually like realize that your limitations can be leveraged in a positive way and say like yeah like maybe i'm actually not good at this so maybe this isn't something that i need to be spending my time doing and obviously like there's a line there like you're not going to say that about the thing that like you're really passionate about you're not going to be like as like as a filmmaker you're not going to be like oh well you know i have room to grow so i'm just going to stop but it's those areas where like in life if you can look at something and say like well this doesn't need to be this doesn't need to take up space in my life how do you shave that off and then for those things that like you're super passionate about and you know you don't want to shave off how do you leverage those limitations to actually just get better in those things and become the best that you can be at that one thing rather than try to be the best at everything possible i don't know does that make any sense yeah definitely like i've i've definitely experienced that even in sports like um, uh, playing. So, uh, in high school, I, I swam and played water polo and like one was clearly more passionate than the other. <laughs> uh, I loved water polo and I, and I was on the swim team to kind of just keep the training up for more of the year. Cause water yeah. polo was only in the fall. Um, and so like <laughs> learn, it was almost, it was a weird experience, like learning not to care, like learning to train, but like learning not to care about mm. races. Cause like my passion was for the other water sport. Mm-hmm. And then even in things like when you're like, you know, you, when you pick up a game of like two hand touch football with your buddies <laughs> and like people are smoking you and like, <laughs> like there's a, there's a sense to be like, man, I freaking suck. And like get really down <laughs> on yourself about like not being able to like run or needing to take a break or like, you know, not being as fast as your other buddies. Yeah. But then like reminding like I've had to like remind myself in moments where like that I'm like this I am not trying to be good at this thing right now. Like I'm here yeah. to have fun and like just cuz I couldn't catch it there's no reason to be angry about it. And I kind of have to like vocalize that kind of thing in myself. Where I struggle with that is obviously where where it comes with passion because like Yeah. Um you know one thing that we've talked about before um <clears throat> in terms of a difference between you like you and I is like I get like really angry (laughs) and I like, I definitely either vocalize that or it becomes, it like comes out in, in some form of manner, whether that's like me shouting or like, um, or like me just like being like furious. But like, we've talked about that before, but I've had to try to learn how to like really, really internalize like the voice of like trying to get myself out of that being like, this isn't worth it. Or like, 
um, you need to calm down. Like this isn't appropriate for like this situation or whatever. Like that's been an aspect mm. of, of if I can't get good at something that I want to get good at that I've had to like pull myself out of, or at least been, that's been a really, really big challenge for me because I just get angry, man. And like, yeah. that's something that like, like I can't, um, like shake, like, mm. you know, and other people have different struggles. Like I, I don't, I'm not like in a super, super anxious person. So like, like mm. worrying isn't really something that I struggle with, but like when something goes wrong, <laughs> getting <laughs> angry about it, yeah. like definitely is. So like, that's something that I have to like pull myself through and like kind of like, w what's the voice in my head telling myself and like, you know, or even, even connecting it back to like, like, the fa like faith aspect of myself of like trying to like speak truth rather than like uh, allowing myself to just delve and dive deep mm -hmm. into like a unhelpful anger of whatever thing that I'm trying to get better at. Yeah. And honestly, like I think something that's been helpful for you and I both is the ability that we've had to surround ourselves with people that are wiser than us. Mm -hmm. and kind of have a more aerial view so then those moments where like i get all in my head or you get angry like we have those people that are like hey stop like, it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal like, dude totally you know so it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely weird because i've been very fortunate to both have like you know adam as a mentor um in my life and and then katie as uh as my girlfriend to be able to like when I'm getting like super furious or can't understand something or like I'm just like stuck in a spot and just like the anger is coming out, like having people in my life who see it differently and being mm -hmm. like either this isn't worth it or like you're almost like hurting your emotional self mm, yeah. for, for something so ridiculous or meaningless or but in the moment that's something that seems so profoundly like important or big of a deal whether that's like a work thing or like, oh, my film's not as good or, oh, my computer's like breaking or whatever, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally feel that. Yeah, it's just, it's strange, man. But, you know, I, I definitely see where like people have been able to come at it from a different perspective and being able to surround myself with people who don't operate the same emotionally <laughs> how that well, yeah, really, that's the how thing. that really I mean, helps like you have to find and I, I think that's where it is like you have to find people that are wiser than you that also have a different perspective than you and see things a different way and respond to things differently like i'm not like i think there is some value in having somebody for me that's like super internally processing but if we're both just doing that and thinking about it the same way then there's not going to be growth you know so like for you to have somebody who isn't like you is going to end up growing you. And I think like that's where it really, that's where it really counts. And then also like learning from them how to think differently is super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like different person. Like if someone is naturally more inclined to be whether anxious or angry or, or however they're emotionally responding to something, they usually like, if you can find people who operate in those like different senses of emotion, or like totally. direct responses to things. It's usually helpful to have those people on your team in some aspect oh, to yeah. be like, Hey, 
it's not that big of a deal. And then like, it's just like when you hear that, well, like at least when I hear it, it just like almost makes me like want to go more into that emotion. Mm. Like, ah, but then like pulling <laughs> pulling back and and trying to realize truth, like that other people yeah. you know have a, a a perspective on what you're experiencing that is helpful and different. Right, and they might even be able to see you as like a holistic person better than you can see yourself. Like if you strip away like your desires and dreams and stuff like that, like who are you as a person? And often people actually do see that. And you know, they don't see like the inner thoughts that you have. So they don't see the real you in that way. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm sure that the mentors that you have in your life are way more prone to see you in light of your limitations, but also your growth than you are. And so it's like, why would you not just invite that into your life, you know? Yeah. Even th- even though, like, sometimes just feel like they're, like, I don't know, ripping a Band-Aid off. And yeah. Well, did you have um, did you have any, uh, like, music, I guess, like, music mentors, either now or in college, that have been able to help you pull yourself out of, like, the internalization or even mm. just, like, specific skills with the stuff that you're trying to grow on? I mean, yes and no, like... I didn't have a whole lot of music type mentors because like, to be honest with you, and this is kind of like, no, please hit me. This is kind of touchy. Like I don't really like music people. Like I don't see myself as a total music person. I was in like the school of music when I was in school for a little bit and I ended up changing my major. But, um, yeah, it's just like, those aren't my type of people. And so, like, I'm not an overly emotional type person. Like, I connect well with people. I'm empathetic. But, yeah. like, I'm not an overly emotional person. And so, it's, like, super weird when people, like, I don't know, you know, if you're into the Enneagram a lot. but Dude, like 100%. Number seven. Like, ton of creatives and music people are all fours. And yeah. it's just, like, you know, and those aren't my people. And so... To answer your question, this is like way longer than what you're asking for, but like, no, please, was, I like way longer than I'm asking for. Good, okay, so <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really have any music related people for me. It's been people that, like, personality wise, I jive with, and you know, those are my mentors and stuff like that that can speak into multiple things, not just music, you know, not just writing or like whatever that looks like, not just you know, whatever your interests are, but like as a holistic person they can speak into that so like yes and no okay for you like has it been mainly film people or is it like other things so i you know i've had some i had a professor in school who really challenged the way that i thought whether that was from like conservative levels of thinking or um even just like aspects of like cockiness and humility in in (laughs) filmmaking because like i i i feel feel that in no matter what area of success or industry that people are in there's always people who are like overly cocky or like aware of their skill and then there's people who like are more humble and so for me Mm -hmm. like i had a professor like really step in through conversations that made me more more curious to ask him more questions mm-hmm. of or like always want to challenge like always want to bounce ideas off of him um mm-hmm. in a way that made me more reflective of like oh i'm not as good or oh 
in a in a, in a positive way, not being like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you suck, you know, but <laughs> in a way that like um, was like, hey, like maybe you're like maybe other people are important to your development as a filmmaker or you know yeah. maybe this perspective isn't necessarily the right one to hold or you should question it and that that happened in you know political talks that we had that happened in conversations that we had specifically about um like films that i was working on uh and hmm. it was definitely it was definitely nice to have someone who wasn't totally at least outwardly <laughs> full of themselves <laughs> like, like come into my life and be like hey like maybe you should like consider other people yeah. <laughs> as, as like, like uh, what are you talking yeah about? i'm like what are you talking about i'm the best person here and i'm like <laughs> i'm just a absolute pile of crap as a person like in in some aspect of my college experience and definitely in high school so it's been yeah. kind of like an evolution from from the being fully involved fully i oh not aware of my ego uh for a long long yeah. time um but dude that's really interesting about the that the that the music thing because like i i when I, when i talk to people about their creative pursuits a lot of the times it, it tends to be how they define themselves yeah does that make sense yeah totally um so it's like like the way I would like define myself would be a filmmaker. Um, yeah. but I, I guess that leads me to ask like, what, what do you Noah Gwynn, uh, define yourself as like, if you're telling people only like, the biggest question, possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what's, what's like the elevator pitch for like who you are as a person. Like if someone's like, who are you like in like a minute or two, like what, how do you do to describe yourself? Yeah. Because, like, clearly you are a musician and you have the skill, but you said that doesn't – you don't define yourself as, like, a, a music person, in quotes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting that you asked that question because, like, it's honestly been one of the biggest, like – I'm not going to say struggles, but, like, biggest questions in my life of, like, how – what do I do to define myself? Because I've always felt mediocre at everything that I've tried. And, like – it's just super weird there's some people that are really really good at some things like all the professional people that you know like professional athletes professional musicians like whatever are all there because that's what they do and they're fantastic at it and then you have like those random one-off people that are like they could be you know a professional baseball player or a professional football player they get to pick and it's like well, i hate you <laughs> like i'm mediocre at everything I've you have so. options dang it <laughs> <laughs> and so Man, I don't know. Um, when I look at my skill sets and everything, I just see that like somehow I've been blessed with a couple of different things um, that I've been able to leverage, mostly in terms of relationship. And so what I'm mostly passionate about, and I think I, I kind of hit on this earlier, and I know this isn't like a, a religious podcast or anything, but um, I mean, I feel called to local church ministry. And so what that looks like for me is just engaging in the lives of people and walking through the hard things of life with them. And if I can do that best as a counselor, if I do that best as a musician, um, if I do that best as a friend, like that's where I'm at. Um, but like, I, I do feel that I've been gifted musically, uh, and with writing and in wisdom and being able to speak into people's lives. And for those things, I'm thankful, but like, I'm not going to say like, you know, I'm a musician or I'm an author because like, to be honest with you, if I tried to just be a musician, like I wouldn't make it. If I tried to just be a writer, I wouldn't make it. And so, yeah. 
for me, and this is why I brought up the whole like embracing your limitations thing is because like, I'm not going to be a professional anything of those, but what I want to do is use the things that I've been given to help people, you know? And so what that looks like is different than, you know, being on a huge stage for a lot of people. And for me, like, I know that's helpful, but for me, like, I find more meaning in, you know, being in the nitty gritty things in people's lives. And so, yeah. So it's weird. I don't have an elevator pitch for myself because like, I I don't even know if I fully understand myself and it's not like a lack of self-awareness. It's just like, here I am, like, whatever. I don't know. Do you have an elevator pitch for yourself? Like, what would you say? Oh, um, besides like you can, you can no, like, no, not no. bring up I, the whole like best looking person alive. Like, oh, funniest guy. oh, I appreciate that in no, there I, for the haha. I, I, I mean, definitely in there for the hahas. Like I, I really, <laughs> I really attempt to like try to make people laugh and at least in some capacity or like embrace the weirdness. Yeah. But so I was actually, that's, it's, it's weird that like when that question's turned on yourself, because I was, I got smacked in the face with that when I was trying to come up with like the descriptions for like this podcast because <laughs> I was like I was like do I introduce myself or or you know do I say I'm just a filmmaker or do I say I'm all these other things or like what's the balance between that or like how do I primarily you know whatever um if I had to like b- I guess break it down to a, a couple of things that in a not very eloquent way it would be like you know Christian filmmaker uh coffee and laughs like and it's like it's weird because it's like things that i'm interested in and like yeah um or are things that i like experiencing and maybe you can like sprinkle a bit of like instagram adventure <laughs> that like is clearly meant <laughs> for people blogger. yeah because i went one for... place and wrote a post yeah exactly dude so it's like stuff that people are able to see and like you know i love going and doing things but it's not like at the level of like you know people who are like, climbing mountains and then not talking about it yeah yeah um but i guess if you could like wrap up all of those things in in a person who has uh uh you know <laughs> sandy blonde hair and like <laughs> green eyes it's like that 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 would be me so it's definitely not in a way that's uh very efficient it's something that i'm, I'm still working on um f- funny enough like those short descriptions of things or elevator pitches or the way that uh you like describe movies in that way is called log lines so it's like in a sentence or two can you describe what this movie is about and like they're actually like really really hard um oh yeah especially when you try to come up with them like on the cuff like in one sentence how can you like explain what the this like if you took a trailer and turned it into words but then only cut it down into one sentence could you actually do it and so like doing that with people is like it's really interesting and, and to find out what um I guess people describe themselves as mine's more not a sentence. It's more of a, a bullet point list because <laughs> I'm like, wow. oh, I can't figure out like how to connect all these things in a sentence or, or, you know, like, or two or three sentences or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, that that's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something to like struggle with. And like, how can you like look at yourself in, in sort of like a mirror sense of, uh, yeah of trying to be reflective or aware of like, you know, where your giftings or where are you meant to be in life or, or where mm-hmm. do you want to go? 
and it's just it that's definitely a, a really hard thing to kind of confront and um like I never I, I didn't get into filmmaking ever since I was a kid like I don't have that story that like oh I I, I picked up a camera and I just knew that this is it <laughs> a weird I was uh, actually going to be an art teacher for a while because the only thing I knew how to do was draw so I was like I have no idea what I'm doing with my life for a long time and then I when I found filmmaking out through this process of going on a hike and, and making a video with a with a buddy of mine um I had this experience of like, oh, this was so much more fun than mm. doing this other thing. And then through that, whether that was like making wedding videos for people or like making a video for someone's uh, like like a video for someone's business, mm -hmm. um, I guess the I gravitated towards that both joy and like helpfulness that that has to help mm. like show or clarify someone's story. I'm just like, man, this is really fun and I really, really enjoy it. And I'm like, I, I, I think I can at least make the claim that I'm at least decent at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I kind of like fit into that category and like almost pull it towards myself. Not saying that yeah. like, and, and I, and I, and I always go into this weird situation of like, what if I like went blind one day? Like, could I still define myself as a filmmaker, even if I yeah. couldn't see what I was doing or like, how would I pivot or transition and, um, how would I, you know, take on this idea of like not being able to have something that I define myself as and it, you know, mm. in the future. And that's such a weird thing to con like front. Like, it's like, this is how I define myself. But like, what if you lost one of those things? Yeah. I know that's like, for me, since I've had such trouble coming up with, like, what what is it that defines me? How would I, like, whatever. Like, for me, I think it's been way more of, like, what drives me than what defines me. And so, like, I don't know if it's helpful to just think about your life in terms of, like, okay, what is it that makes me passionate? Or, like, what is it that makes me want to do the things that I end up doing? You know, like, it's the why behind the what. And then that ends up being a better way to define yourself because people start to understand more of like, okay, so like this isn't just why you want to be a filmmaker or why you want to be an art teacher, but like this is why you act the way that you do as a person. And I don't know. For me, that I found a lot of comfort in that since I don't really know like how to give an elevator pitch for myself. Mm. Dude, I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you yeah. for uh, walking through my attempt at that and thank you for walking through your attempt at that even though that i feel like maybe we aren't good at either of those things i feel like Dude, we at least have like uh, an interesting like maybe generalized picture of who we are which is still developing which is so weird to think that like in five years i'm just going to be different well which is why i think it's cool to have those things that drive you because those generally don't change as much as the things that you do yeah oh absolutely but yeah dude well, I, I think to finally wrap this podcast up, yes. um, I guess would kind of be the last question that I have for you. So um, the way that I've been kind of doing this is like under the phrase, big brain, big heart, in terms of how can you acquire more knowledge and love? And so whether that's mm -hmm. something specific that you're doing or experiencing right now or something that you've generally kept in your life or even something that we've talked about in this podcast, what can the listeners of this uh, do in their life to increase in knowledge and mm. love and have a bigger brain and a bigger heart. Yeah. 
another big question i appreciate your big questions dude this is great <laughs> um yeah i think for me like when i think about how do i just become a better holistic person uh for me it really revolves this is a very recent thing for me but it really revolves around this idea of slowing down and um so i i read this book called the ruthless elimination of hurry by john mark comer and it's basically like in the book he starts from this premise of saying that like basically hurry is the greatest enemy of your life today he says the greatest enemy of your spiritual life today but i would say even for people who aren't religious like the idea of just being hurried and always in a rush is something that you can sense within yourself is like a negative aspect of your life and so you need to ruthlessly eliminate it from your life so what are those things that you're doing um that just make no sense and just cause you to be stressed and like hurried like that's not the way that you need to live your life and so um, for me taking time to slow down and read more and understand a little bit more about who I am allows me to then like have more energy to love people well and um, to have time to like even gain more knowledge by talking to people or reading books or in taking videos or things like that that can be helpful um, so I'd say like for me right now, one of my rules of life is just to slow down and um, spend less time on social media for me because that's not been something that's been helpful for me um, as a person. So I would say it all comes under the same umbrella of slowing down. Yeah. Have you had anything recently that you've been like really passionate about in that sense? Um, I have, I have a little bit. I think the big thing for me uh, has has been like, I had that, I guess, general experience of like wanting to slow down or like, especially the social media thing. Like I watched this, this guy's video on, online of him like quitting social media for 30 days. Mm. I ended up doing that like a year and a half ago. And I was just like, man, this is so weird uh, to like remove these things that are so normal and like just pause. Like that's, that's definitely a struggle that I've had because of like, I'm very passionate about film and learning and like trying to mm. grow not only in skill, but in like, I guess like m even the soft skills of filmmaking. So like empathizing with someone or asking someone mm. a good question, not, not just like knowing how to use a camera better or do this certain editing thing. But I think a big thing for me has been like wanting to have success for my, for my business mm. and like maybe wanting it too much or, like wanting to jump on something because it'll bring things faster or, or whatever. Mm. And so it's definitely run into like a problem where like maybe I've worked too long, like on certain days for something or, or whatever, you know? Mm. Um, so that like the, for me, that, that was a big, that was a big thing in terms of like, Oh man, like um, I just need to pause on this and, and, and things like that. And I, I have never tried like meditation or anything like that, <laughs> but um, that aspect of like removing stuff from your life that I, I guess creates busyness that isn't mm. really necessary um, has been helpful. And that's even one of, been one of the things that like where I was talking about my experience in terms of being in school and like almost having this feeling of being against p other people who are in my same major Mm -hmm. Of like when you start to open up and start to like, I guess, delegate tasks of or like even give something up and let someone else handle it for you mm -hmm. or participate in something with you. 
you definitely have like when you have less of i guess those things on your shoulders or like it like willing to give up control it like kind of slow it, it, if you allow it to it can slow mm. your experience in whether that's making a film or trying to like you know have um a better relationship with someone or, or whatever with like like re almost removing control in terms of like allowing yourself not yeah. to hurry by yeah. allowing someone else to handle something for you it's much easier said than done but it's like so helpful and it's yeah, been dude. really really beneficial for me yeah so like uh so before we sign off i guess <laughs> what so what was that book that you said what was it who what's it called who is it who is it by and like out of scale of 10 what would you rate your uh <laughs> recommendation for that people for, for yeah. the people like what a scale of one to ten how much should people read this book or experience so, this thing of not hurrying with you yeah yeah so it's it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry it, and it's by um a guy named john mark comer he lives in portland oregon and um dude honestly it's like one of the best books that i've read in a long long time and there are some things in it that i i don't agree with i don't agree with everything that he says but i think like the main thrust of what he's trying to pull us towards is really cool. And like he makes his point and then he gives some like practices on how to do that better. And so dude, I would highly recommend it. I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't give it a perfect 10 because like I said, don't agree with everything, but I'd give it probably like an eight or a nine. It was, it was phenomenal. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah. Noah, thank you so much for being on the unusually useful podcast. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for that, having me, bro. I hope that it was useful for you and for people who, uh, were listening. Gosh, um, I hope so. Yes. Yes. Well, I hope to have you back on at another time in the future. I'd love to talk about both of our pretentious aspects of our life <laughs> and our awareness of them and our coffee addictions. Yes. But until then, my friend, goodbye. And I will see Very you later. Well. See yes. ya. See ya.